Hey y'all, welcome to our episode once again in podcast. No one wants to hear this. My name is Ariana. And my name is Sophie. And thank you for tuning in today. It's going to be about our beautiful friend here, Sophie. We're definitely going to be talking a little bit about upbringing, being in the household, being raised in a conservative but Christian home, and just hear things in life about Sophie. <laughs> Finally, I, it's off me. It's about you. <laughs> I know. I'm a little bit nervous. Why are you like... nervous, girl? Bye. Well, welcome to our show. My name is Ariana. And my name is Sophie. And you're listening to No One Wants to Hear This. Well, you might want to hear this. Well, of course you want to hear it. I'm not used to being the center of attention. Well, listen, baby, we all have to be the center of attention some way or somehow, right? So, yeah, I'm definitely going to ask you some very important questions, things that people will want to know about a person who lives in a Christian home and upbringing. Also, I want to talk to you about a little bit about your upbringing into coming into a world, what it is today, your viewpoints on, you know, LGBTQ people, I should say, you, what's your sexual preference, and all that matters. So we're about to dig deep. So get ready. <laughs> I'm impressed. It seems like you really prepared for this. Absolutely, girl. I told you. What made your parents decide to homeschool you? I think what they told me was that they didn't like the idea of the public school with, you know, the drugs and sex and all this stuff you can get into. Okay. And so I think a lot of it was more, you know, keeping me safe from all of that. Okay. More so than like, they didn't like the education or whatever, although that could have been part of it. I don't know. Okay. I think more of it was just the culture of public schools. Okay. Do you miss out on the activities that a lot of kids do being homeschooled? Like, you didn't have a prom. Mm-mm. Really? They have homeschool proms. They do? That's a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. Wow. I did not choose to go to one. Okay. I thought... It was, you know, not even close to the real thing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I do feel like I missed out on a lot of yeah. those activities and a lot of those, like, important milestones, I mm -hmm. think, in your early development years. Um, because, I mean, we did have some access to, like, other, you know, places where I could make other friends. Right. Um, like, we did... A homeschool co-op. Okay. Do you know what that is? I know what a co-op is, but I mean, like, homeschool co-op, how is that different from a regular just co-op school? It's it's basically all the homeschool families get together, and mm -hmm. then each of the moms will teach a class that okay. they're suited for. Oh. So, like, my mom, being a writer, would teach the writing and literature classes. Right. So, it's nice because then, you know, my mom's not particularly good at math, mm -hmm. so then I could get math education from someone who knows more about math. So it makes sense. And then you, so you only go to school once a week and then you kind of do all of your classes and then they just give you homework to do for the rest of the week. Wow. So we did once a week, we got to like get out of the house and see mm -hmm. people. But I was at that time kind of rebelling against the whole idea of being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. To back up a little bit, we actually did go to public or sorry, private school for one year. Okay. When I was in sixth grade and, or maybe fifth grade, I think it was fifth. And it was like the best year of my life. Mm -hmm. I made so many friends. I did all the like 
things you do with your friends. Like, you know, we would have birthday parties mm -hmm. and I would go over, have sleepovers and like, I would, you know, hang out with them at, at lunch and at recess and like just doing stuff with other people. I'm a very sociable person. Mm -hmm. And so I loved that. But we ended up coming out of that private school the next year and kind of diving even deeper into the homeschool world. Mm -hmm. We actually, the couple of years after that, we did it where they have like CD discs that have all your classes on them. Right. So it was actually even like more homeschool, like because it wasn't even our mom teaching us. It was just us like at our little desk, just watching stuff on our computer all day. Mm -hmm. And I hated that. I wanted to go back to the private school so bad. And I think it was really just getting like a taste of what was out there that made me dislike the idea of homeschooling so much mm -hmm. because I really didn't mind it so much growing up because I have, you know, three siblings and we all get along really well and we had fun doing homeschool. And I feel like I really liked the freedom and the flexibility. Like I got to go run around outside when all other kids were stuck inside, like sitting at their desk. So I liked it growing up, but then as soon as I got a little taste of what it was like to have friends and have a social life, right. I was like, that's what I want. So then when we started doing the homeschool co-op, which was in high school, I was kind of just rebelling against the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So so all that to say, we did have like times when we would see other people and have like, you know, I could still have friends. I could still go out with these friends these people like have sleepovers or whatever but i just like i didn't want to do any of it anymore i was very in a rebellion state yeah so i didn't really do a whole lot you know through high school i didn't make a lot of friends i didn't go out with people very much yeah so i didn't have prom or like football games right. or any of those things that Activities, you know you see extra. in movies mm -hmm. like so I knew that I was missing out on them. That right. was the hardest part was that it wasn't like I just didn't know about it. Like it was just like, oh, there's this, these things that people do mm -hmm. and it's part of your growing up. And I was just missing out on all of it. I don't know how I would feel being Because you're a very social person oh, too. Oh, girl, bye. Like, I mean, I, I would probably lose my mind. Yeah, like, I did a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm -hmm. my parents are very, they, they are very strict parents growing up because I felt they need, they needed to protect me in ways. Right. But I was a rebellious child too. That's why I think we get along so well. <laughs> I think so. Because like, I, I just didn't like to follow the rules. Yeah. Uh, but I think that did make it kind of more difficult having strict parents because mm -hmm. then whenever I would have an occasion where I could go out with my friends, mm -hmm. like they would, they wouldn't let me spend the night or they wouldn't oh, let yeah. me go see this certain movie exactly. or whatever. So I still felt like I wasn't able to do those things that I wanted to do and mm -hmm. experience for multiple reasons. Cause I've actually been asked this before. A lot mm -hmm. of people, when they find out that I've been homeschooled, they wonder if I would ever homeschool my kids. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I feel about the idea of homeschooling now? And I am like, I would never, homeschool my kids unless they ask for it mm -hmm. because I'm very much like when a kid gets old enough they know what they want exactly and that was a big thing for me like after going to this private school I like begged my parents mm -hmm. to take me back and and so that's a big thing for me is like if my kid is old enough to like start making their own decisions mm -hmm. and if they are expressing a really strong opinion then that's, I feel like, something you should listen to because Absolutely. that can make or break. Number one factor, what parents don't know is you need to listen to your children. Honestly, parents really are just to protect 
your right. children, it's, it's and that's all they want to do. Always, yeah, out of love and yes. out of wanting to protect and you know keep them from things that could harm them. Absolutely. But there's a little bit of like that's going to happen anyways, mm-hmm. and so I feel like you have to a little bit like loosen the leash and let them experience these things, mm-hmm. and then like learn from their mistakes and figure out what to do in a bad situation, and you know start ma- like making their own opinions Absolutely. and decisions. Because otherwise they don't know how to make their own opinions. And then when they get thrown into the real world, they're stuck like, I don't know what's right and wrong. I don't know what I should be doing versus like what my parents told me not to do. Mm -hmm. And so it gets very difficult, I think, to, you know, turn into an adult that knows how to make proper decisions. On their own. Yeah, because they were just kept from all that. Kept from society. So this goes a little bit about your beliefs and things like that your family believed in. Did your family have any particular religious or political beliefs that influenced your homeschooling? That's a good question. I definitely think religion played a huge aspect in it. My parents are Christian, Mm -hmm. both of them. My dad, actually, his his parents were missionaries. Oh, wow. So he was very religious for that reason. And my mom, her family wasn't very religious, but she found religion in a very difficult time for her. Mm-hmm. And it really changed her life. And so I fully, I've always said this, like I really respect that about her, mm-hmm. like that she has something to believe in and that it helped her through those tough times and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely felt like it was kind of, forced upon me a little bit mm-hmm. and I feel like all of our schooling was very Christian focused but I do feel like it was very like that was my only option mm. I didn't really get the chance to learn about other religions and figure out what I believe for mm-hmm. myself I feel like it was just that this is what you believe right this is it yeah this is all that you're getting right you know? <laughs> but I've come to like start to form my own beliefs opinions. and opinions yep. uh, and now that I'm you know not in a box like that's all about religion okay how did your parents approach teaching subjects like science and history being that you were homeschooled and you're saying that the literature that was given to you through homeschooling was a christian-based kind of thing did you know literature or upbringing what i learned in school which they don't teach now but they're teaching nowadays, but they didn't teach me now what I do know now. But they did talk about Dr. Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. the civil rights movement, slavery, things of that nature, mm-hmm. and just African-American literature, things of that nature. The Indians, Native Americans, like things of that is sort of interesting to know. Did your parents allow or did they ever teach you of those kind of cultural backgrounds, ethnicities? I would say a little bit, but I think because they didn't want to, you know, say anything wrong or be misconceived in how they were approaching the subject, I think they did kind of try to avoid it a little bit. So we didn't have a lot of culture around us and a lot of diversity around us. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that I think it's it's kind of hard for them to speak on it because mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of experience with it. Right, and that's good to know because, like I said, because. Because of your upbringing, of your background, I just would want to know how mm-hmm. did your parents go about teaching those kind of different cultural backgrounds? Right. Because like being homeschooled, you can teach your children what you want to teach them. How did people, their their parents, teach their children about 
being a who in who is an african-american person mm -hmm. what does it mean to be african-american what does it mean to be hispanic what does it mean to be asian like there's so many different cultures and backgrounds out mm -hmm. here in this world today what are people like parents teaching their children right. how are they how are they educating them how are they trying to raise them into mm -hmm. believing that it's not just one race you know, you probably didn't have any, a lot of, you know, African-American or, you know, Latino friends or anything like that because you weren't around them. I'm pretty sure you've seen them, but yeah. was you ever curious to know? Like, To be fair, like my parents weren't preaching, you know, that white people are superior right. or that there's only one race or right. anything like that. Right. They definitely didn't th lean that way. Right. But they Which, just did. By the like, means, let me just, let me just throw this out there. Your parents are remarkable parents. Yeah. Um, and they're and very I'm never going to discredit them because accepting. I love them to death. I, <laughs> I do. do too. My parents are very, very accepting people. Well, being that your, your grandparents were, weren't raised in, a, what should I say, racial or discriminatory of my thinking, they also raised, you know. My dad to yeah. be like that. Yeah, yep. so it did It did kind of get passed down, yeah. I think. Just the idea of being very open-minded yep. and, and, and accepting. I think mm -hmm. that's the best word really to describe yeah. to my parents. They've always, like, no matter who it is, mm -hmm. they will, if the, if it's someone like that we love, mm -hmm. they will bring them right into yeah. our family. Or if it's yeah. someone that my, you know, that my grandparents know mm -hmm. that just needs somewhere to stay for a yeah. couple nights, like, they will let them stay for however long. They will yeah. feed them. They will, you know, like, give the clothes off their back. Yeah. So, so that, I think, did affect me in that, like, you know, I had no reason to to judge or to not be accepted, mm -hmm. accepting because that's how, you know, that's how I was raised. Right. Good. No, that's good to know. Good information. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> did your parents teach you about sex and education? <laughs> and if so, how did they approach the topic? That is a very good question. <laughs> and the answer is no. <laughs> not really. Um, uh -huh. I know my mom did bring bring it up uh -huh. like once or twice, just kind of the birds and the bees talk. Girl, but like yeah, the, I, yeah, I never had that. Scrape in the bottom. Yeah, it I was like that. barely just like, there's a thing mm -hmm. called sex. <laughs> okay. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and and <laughs> I remember our the one time I had to take a health class right. in this homeschool co-op, mm -hmm. this freaking health book did not talk a single bit about the human body, mm. anatomy, like anything. Right. Anything. I didn't learn anything <laughs> about sex. This book, literally the biggest chapter was in about like healthy friendships and like right. being kind, kind to, to each other. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like health. Right. Right. <laughs> it yeah. was more like mental health, I exactly. guess. Exactly. Being that I was not homeschooled, I was actually in, you know, private not well, I did a couple of years in private school, but then I actually went to public school throughout my whole entire life afterwards. We had sex education, of course, and it did talk about sex, condoms, as they didn't really in which I am so happy and I, I'm praying now, because I really have not been into a school where they talk about sex education, which I hope now and me working for an outreach program, I want to know, are they teaching kids the basics of STDs, STI testing, things of that, things of that nature, things that I wish that my parents would definitely told me about having sex. Again, I, you know, I'm going to share something with you in, in the open that, you know, I was molested at a, at a very young age. So I knew what sex was. I, I, 
I didn't know if it was right or wrong or what to do, but I was introduced to it at a very young age. So it was different. It was very challenging for me to learn about sex because mm -hmm. I already was experiencing it at a very, very young age, unfortunately. Right. So it was just like, I, like, I wanted to know, like, how did your parents teach you about sex? Because my parents didn't teach me nothing about sex. Mm -hmm. Uh, I literally had to learn through a VCR back then. Mm, VHS. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I forgot VCR, about that. VHS. Yeah. Literally, I was being nosy and I put a tape in and it was sex. It was actually one of my uncle's tapes. Mm. We were at his house. It was me and my cousins and we were just being nosy and just going through <laughs> his shit, around. snooping. He probably beat my ass <laughs> watching this. But uh, yeah, we were just, you know, playing VHS or whatever and it was a blank VHS and it came in. It was porn and mm. I remember looking at it and I was just like oh. like I didn't like you know it was my first experience and I was like 12 and it, it's weird it's just so weird that's why I wanted to know like how did your parents talk about the birds and the bees did they explain to you like having you know sex is wrong or did they even say anything to you they didn't say much to me and when they did it was mostly having sex is wrong that really only changed like way after we left home and were mm -hmm. on our own and so then my parents kind of got the idea that we were doing whatever we wanted and so then then they were like okay just be safe you know about it mm -hmm. and so then they they still didn't really touch on stds and like why you have to be safe mm -hmm. they just implied that we should Okay, so yeah, how was your homeschooling experience influenced by your adult life and career choices? So how did being homeschooling, being homeschooled affect me as an adult? As an adult in your career choices in your life mm -hmm. right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I think it, I think it did kind of benefit me in that it sh showed me that it was okay to take an unusual path. Mm -hmm. I've never, like I never really wanted to do the whole go to college get a degree the whole like normal path that you go you know i hated the idea that you just had to like make it through high school so mm -hmm. that you got your diploma mm -hmm. so that you could get into a good college so that you could get another diploma so that you could get a good job like that whole thing and it just like horrified me yeah i hated the idea of it mm -hmm. so i think that because i didn't take such a normal approach to high school and growing up and schooling and all that i think it kind of allowed me the freedom to not feel like i had to take that path mm -hmm. which was nice because i was like really excited to go to college i found a great college and i you know i was excited to like have that real experience so i ended up taking a gap year okay and and then after that i decided not to go back to school and i just decided to start working and, and it has been like a very rocky road. It's not like it was very easy for me, but I still don't have a degree, even though I went back to school two more times mm. because I kept finding, you know, over and over again that nowhere would hire me without a degree, which to me, like being an artist is just like so annoying mm -hmm. because like I have a, an amazing portfolio that I can show you with one click of a button that I know just as well how to do everything that someone with a degree can do. Yeah. Maybe more, maybe mm -hmm. better, but you are unwilling to look at that because, because I, don't I, I don't have a piece of paper. That's all it is. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's very uh, yeah. stupid. It's so stupid because there's so many talented people there out there in this world that ha don't have education, like as far as degrees go, 
but they're so fucking talented. Yeah, and, and I feel like I'm also very qualified in yeah. terms of like my work experience. Mm-hmm. Like I've done a lot of a large variety of different jobs, but people see that and they think, oh, she can't hold down a job. Yeah, having all those different jobs really made me laser focused on what exactly I'm good at, what exactly I want to be doing. So it's, it is very difficult. Like already getting a job, even for someone with a degree right now is so hard. Like just the, the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. But especially if you don't have a degree, it just makes it 10 times harder. It does. How are you still involved in any, any homeschooling communities or groups? Are you still involved in any, like, do you still talk to those people you went to homeschool with or those communities in that group? Not much, Okay. <laughs> to be fair. I did, like I said, I did make some friends in my later high school years, but I, and I, I, I would say I got fairly close to them, but it was always weird because me and my sisters were so close in age mm-hmm. that it was always like, if you were friends with one of the croakers, you were friends with all, all of the croakers. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my friends in high school, when I left, then naturally started hanging out with my younger sister mm-hmm. or my older sister who still lived in Indiana, even though she was out of school at the time. So I think a lot of them kind of latched on to the other siblings mm-hmm. and that's fine because i feel like that was just a natural progression of you know like once i left indiana i didn't really have much interest in going back and right. talking to anyone i knew there i kind of wanted to like close that chapter a yeah, little bit absolutely and i have like reopened it and i you know i i haven't cut off that whole you know part of my life but I really don't talk to many of those friends anymore. I did try a little bit when I was in college. I reached out to a few of them, but it was hard because they didn't reach out to me very much. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, it has to go both ways. Absolutely. And so, and, and I'm very sensitive when it comes to friendships. If I feel unwanted at mm. all, that kind of overtakes my brain mm-hmm. and Um, my all my insecurities come out and i start overthinking it and then i get anxious and depressed and so so yeah i'm very sensitive to that so so if i feel like someone doesn't really want to be friends with me then i'm like well i'm not going to put any effort into that i'm not going to keep put like running after someone who doesn't want and i'm so opposite (laughs) yeah you are Like I just you have to like me. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like you don't you like don't me? Chase them Why don't you like me? Like days. like what are you talking about? Like I'm the best person. Like I'm just like I'm so direct and just mm-hmm. upfront because I am a loving, giving person. And I think sometimes when people see me, like they're like, oh, she's like over the that was the favorite fucking thing people would tell me when I was growing up is you're over the top. You're mm. over the top. You're so over the top. I'm like, mm. Why you're not over the top. You yeah, know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, that why don't you have a lovely personality? You. Why don't you love like I love? Because mm-hmm. I love pure. Yeah. Like, I do. Like, my mm-hmm. heart is gold. Like, when I say golden, if I love you and I like you, you're, you're stuck with me for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's hard for me because I do naturally put up a lot of walls. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that comes from you know, experiences that happened when I was younger. Were there any experience or events from your childhood that stayed with you throughout your life that stuck with you that you will definitely tell your kids one day? So basically growing up, there was this family. My parents were really close to their parents. They had kids around the same time. They had four kids. We have four kids. We're all like around the same ages. Mm -hmm. So we were very close growing up. We hung out all the time at their house. And 
their oldest child was a girl and she was about the same age as my older sister. So they were naturally like the closest because they're the closest in age. Mm -hmm. But over the years, like we all were kind of friends with her at different times. Mm -hmm. Like I said, when someone's friends with one of the siblings, like it's, they're friends with all of them. Mm -hmm. And so I would like get my moment every once in a while where mm -hmm. I was like really close with this girl. Then they moved to Florida. Then they moved to Colorado. We didn't see them for like years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And right before they left was when I was like the closest with her. And so I was like really like didn't, not happy about them leaving because like I said, we didn't have a lot of friends back then. Mm -hmm. So then when we decided to go to this homeschool co-op, which I was like not excited about, they told me that they were moving back and going to this homeschool co-op. They were mm -hmm. going to start going to it the same year that we were starting to go to it. Right. So I was like, okay, that sounds better. I'll know someone right away. We can be really good friends again. And so we went to this like party and I remember like stepping out of the car and I saw my friend from like across the park or wherever we were. And I was like, oh, hi. And she just like looked away, didn't, didn't make eye contact, didn't wave back and didn't speak to me like the whole time we were there. And so I was like, okay, so she doesn't want to be friends anymore. Like, and so then we started going to the school and she like immediately found all of the like cool kids. Like, so there's cliques even in the homeschool world, mm -hmm. right? And she just fit right in with all of the cool kids. Like she was always the cool one, you know? But yeah, so she found like, there's like three other girls that were like public school girls, basically, you know, cause there's like homeschool kids mm -hmm. and then there's like, public school kids and there was only a few of the like cool cool kids and so she fit right into this group and I just remember being like sitting in the corner of the freaking cafeteria and being like so mad about it first of all I was like we've known each other forever so I was like why wouldn't you even like say hi to me and second of all like I was so excited to know someone going into this like new atmosphere with new people and all like weird homeschool people that I didn't really want to be friends with anyways. Mm -hmm. And she just wanted nothing to do with me. And so I, then I made it my mission to do whatever I could to like break into this cool kids group. And so for the first two years of high school, I did everything I could. Like I would literally do research on like what was cool, what was trendy. Like I would like watch them to see how they acted and what they did with their hair and what they would wear. And I would like, like imitate it. Like slowly I eased into it so it wouldn't be super obvious, you know? And then I did it. <laughs> I like broke into this friend group because one of the girls was in one of my classes. Most of them were like a year older than me, but this one girl was in my class. And I was just like, she's my ticket in. So I became really good friends with this girl that was in my class. And like we would do projects together for our class and whatever. And eventually one time she asked me to have lunch with like all of her friends. And I was like, I did it. Mm. And so I went over, I sat down and <laughs> I just remember like the face on this girl that was like allegedly friends with me. And she was like, what are you doing here basically? And I was like, well, I fit in here now, so sorry about it. <laughs> and so then over the course of that year, I got really close with this girl again and we became like really good friends and I was like good friends with all these kids. We would go hang out together like after our school, like the one day of school. And yeah, and I was like, 
this is what is this what it like it's like to be a, a cool kid like a normal mm. kid and not like the weird homeschool kid mm -hmm. and then I was like this is a lot of effort <laughs> mm. I was like it's it's taking a lot to like try to fit in with these people mm -hmm. and then I was realized I didn't want to do that I was like I actually don't care that much if they like me or not Mm -hmm. And so then after sophomore year, I just entirely gave up on it. And I became this like super weird emo kid that sat in the back of the room, didn't talk to anyone. And they were just like, went back to their being cool kids and never spoke to me again. Wow. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't really care anymore. <coughs> and so Excuse that me. was kind of a big moment for me because it, it kind of led to me realizing that I don't need people's approval mm -hmm. and I've always been a very big like people pleaser and so that was kind of groundbreaking for me like to mm -hmm. realize that I didn't care what people thought of right. me and I would rather not work so hard to try to become someone I'm not that's definitely something that I will try to teach my kids if I ever have kids is that like other people's approval mm -hmm. doesn't really matter it's way easier first of all and and way happier and healthier to just be who you are and you will find people that like who you are right that don't want you to conform to their you know standards and yeah. their expectations and and it took me a very long time to learn that mm -hmm. you know I spent most of my life trying to get people to like me mm -hmm. I will preach that until the day I die yeah. I'm just gonna be me